Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name is Emily. And my name is Andrew. And did you see that new Gibson guitar this week? Uh, I did, uh, which yeah. is kind of a bummer for me um, because up until this week, I, I owned the ugliest thing that Gibson has ever created. Which was, oh, <laughs> the, the Gibson beanie with the, with the little bill. Oh, can I get it on over my hat? Here we go. There you go. Ta-da. Wow. Your regular Tim Pool. Yep. So. Man. Uh, I think it's hideous and I think it's overpriced. But if someone else likes it and enjoys it, whatever. Uh, I'll agree. It's ex- it's expensive. It looks like um, those kind of flowery Japanese guitars of of that era in which it was designed. Sure. But. Kind of like Tysco situation. <laughs> yeah, very much so. I wish that they had really committed to certain elements of it. I know I noticed that they changed like where the the pickup selector knob was, they changed the uh, design of the pick guard and the headstock. I'm like, just commit fully. Me. And also maybe five thousand dollars. You know what I will say is for all the shit we've given Gibson over the years for not getting out of their bubble and trying something new, they're trying something new and it's not it's the worst new. thing they could have it's done. It's new old. It's new old it, stock. It's a compromise. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is a step in some direction for Gibson. It's different so. for them. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't hate it. Some people hated it a lot. I just, uh, I don't have the energy to hate it if I'm honest. I'm like, all right. It's not for me. Move on. Yeah. It's just very expensive. Yeah. But, I mean, Gibson seems committed to being considered a luxury brand. That's fine. So that's their branding choice. I don't think the price tag reflects the uh, the quality of what you're getting. I think it's just a brand thing. Yeah, that's, that's where the problem kind of comes in, doesn't it? Like, when you're buying... When you're buying an Hermes handbag, you know you're getting like hand stitching and quality and something that very few people have. Like a brand. That's, let's be honest. That's, that's also a branding thing. Like there's value in the name. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Hermes bags. No diggity. Um, Gonna bag no. it up. Oh my god! <laughs> it's too early for, for that, man. So, I was talking to somebody at work the other day, and it, come to find out they're a flat earther. And uh, I was like, I, mean, I was just flat, like, wait, you people actually exist? This better be a joke. Is this a joke? And, and so they said, "Tell you what, I, I'm saving up money." So I can afford to walk to the edge to prove it to everybody. And I said, okay, okay, well, I'm sure you'll come around eventually. Yeah. <clears throat> yep, that is indeed a joke. Thank the Lord. Yep. Thank the Lord. But uh, I, I saw the... Uh, Did that one fall there's, a little flat? But um, shh. I don't have that sound effect anymore. I accidentally deleted it, um, which no. is for the best because if I went to play it, it would just go. 
in our soundboard oh, because yeah, that's how Fantasta rolls. Um, when I was touring in Denton, and I was touring in Texas. We played a show in Denton, and we went past the flat. There's a very famous flat earther house, and uh, <laughs> yeah, nice. that guy was. That guy seems pretty serious. Let me tell you, he seems pretty. Was the flat earther house like one of those like commune globe style? Homes? No, it's just like, it's just like a house in a neighborhood. <clears throat> But it's just like kind of in the middle of Denton and it just has like signs in the windows and stuff. And like mm-hmm. he's like graffitied over his own house and stuff that just talks about how the earth is flat. And like I think points to websites, probably his websites. It's pretty <laughs> <Affiliate> um, marketing. <laughs> <laughs> buy my books. You can buy go, go to the next level up, up level, up level. Yep. It's a pyramid scheme because Help we don't me, believe in Jesus. globes. Help oh. me, Tom Cruise. Mm. Oh, my God. So anything new with you? Uh, what's new with me? I got pink eye for the second time in like two weeks. Sweet Jesus. What <laughs> is this episode? People are going to be turning it off. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. No, so it's uh, it's it's viral. <laughs> Uh, it's because I've got a, a recurring sinus infection that keeps like spreading out and it won't go away. It's like I can feel my sinuses are still like just plugged up. Otherwise, I'm completely fine. But it's, it was in my left eye a couple weeks ago and then I thought I was getting better. So I stopped taking my sinus medicine. And then it came back and got worse and then migrated to the other one. So, yep. I'm sorry, man. That sucks. I've never had pink eye, but that sounds awful. And eye drops are my nemesis. Like the only thing I hate more than eye drops is needles. And even then, like it's pretty close. Just, I, mm. Mm. Yeah, I was, I used to be really needle phobic until I had to get a, um, an IV at the hospital. And uh, ever since I'm like, uh, I think, I think that just kind of like, um, what, what's the word for when you have a phobia and then. You're just exposed, like exposure therapy, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think just staring at this needle in my arm for a few hours, I was like, it's not so bad. No, I had heart surgery in 2013. Um, they tried like five times in my left arm, uh, like probably another five times in my right arm, then like three more times in the back of my hand to get the IV to finally go. That was a traumatic experience. And they're like, it's lunchtime. And it was at a German hospital, so lunch was like... Uh, a brooch and, and some liver pate like that's i guess i'll eat it but yeah i'm lucky I'm that i have very I'm not used to this very easy to find veins they always say that like oh you have great veins your veins are so easy to find i'm like yeah thanks mine are easy to find they just disappear the moment <laughs> they're needle touches skin sneaky the rollers holy rollers but we'll come back to that part later oh my god and oh will we will we ever so unfortunately uh, joan and our patreon group because we have a patreon uh discord server for those who didn't know you can join our patreon patreon.com slash get offset if you join at five dollars a month or above uh, you get access to our exclusive discord server and you can ask us questions so joe joan asked us what our favorite petals were of the year um, thus far. And I have to say, I still think that the uh, Death by Audio 
Germanium Filter is one of my favorites. I demoed that one, uh, I believe, back in January. Uh, so I think that's one of my favorites so far this year. Um, the Old Blood Noise XSV2 is one of my favorites, and the Catalan Bread uh, Phaser is a favorite. Um, mm-hmm. The Big Ear Pizza Fuzz. But man, that that that's by Audio um, Germanium. <clears throat> um, where my brain happened. The filter. Yeah, the Germanium filter. It is. It's it's so versatile. I know people really liked it dimed, but even those subtle the, the subtler sounds really added a lot of character. It just sounded like a really nice pre. It could sound like just a really nice kind of gritty preamp for some vintagey tones. Sure. And so I think it's just like a really nice versatile um, sound gooder type of pedal. So I really love it, and I highly Is that recommend a it. Magical fairy dust pedal. Magical. And despite what one commenter kept saying, did not cost $350. It's like $229. It's expensive. Inflation is terrible. Yeah, that's the one where the guy kept commenting. It's $350. It better sound good for $350. So I kept responding, but it's not $350. And he kept doubling down that he had seen it for $350 somewhere. And I kept replying, that doesn't mean it's the price everywhere. That just means you almost got – you know what it probably was? I bet you he was drunk on reverb late at night and accidentally ordered the one shipping from Italy for 350 bucks. No. And now he's embarrassed. What I think it was is he was looking – he looked up Death by Audio Filter and f- saw the price for their evil filter, um. which is significantly more expensive. That's also plausible. Yep. That's my guess. I I think that's likely. He never even dropped a link to prove that somewhere, somehow, it's $350. He was just rude. Oh, man. He was so Thanks for the engagement, buddy. I think I eventually said that. (laughs) That's, that's That's one where people kept jumping, started jumping in. And saying, what is your dealio? Let's see. I wonder if I, I wonder if it's still up or if he deleted it. Because sometimes they delete it. Oh, yeah. Really great pedal at $355. I guess it better be me. It's not $355. And then he said, okay, I did see it for $355. I didn't make that price up. It was $355. Me, I have no idea what you are talking about. It is not $355. I think you are mistaken. It is okay to admit that you are mistaken. The guy did see it for price online. Also saw it for $200, $250-ish, but I did see it on one site for $355. Condescending to others is ugly, do better. And then I responded, laughing my ass off. What? And then someone else responded, maybe you should take your own advice. Making ugly comments makes you ugly do better. Then our friend Tom said, where? I literally copied the pedal name and I've only found one. I've only found $225. Aside from one lone German seller. And then the original guy said, 
Sorry for your ignorance. Wasn't trying to further your misunderstanding of the situation as it was explained. And then someone said to me, and then that same guy said to me, maybe if you read what was there instead of replying ignorantly. And then I said, I read it and reread it and you are still dying on a hill instead of saying, Oh, my bad. I guess I had wrong info there. And then someone else responded, sorry, M. He's mistaken. He had bad information. <laughs> and then alternative news. And then some smiley faces and laughing emojis. I only subscribe to facts spelled with a PH. So this is my daily reminder that if you're wrong about something like small, the smaller it is, the easier I think it should be to be like, oh, my bad. I agree. I I can think of a few things smaller to be wrong about than like the price, the price of, of tea in China. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, no, it doesn't sound like he was very uh, level headed. For the listeners, Andrew has placed a level on the bill of his hat, so he is level headed. You're in a mood. You're I excited. am in a mood. So I, uh, excitable. I'm feeling feisty. Feisty. It's Good probably because I accidentally dropped an extra caffeinated hydration tablet in my water this morning. <laughs> what? You did what? So I usually start off every morning with like a, it's a, a nun tablet. It's got 80 yeah. milligrams of caffeine and electrolytes and all that stuff. And realistically, it's just forcing me to drink water first thing instead of going straight to coffee. And uh, I usually do one in a pint of water, which is like double the amount of water that you actually need. And mm-hmm. I actually dropped two, which means 160 milligrams of caffeine. <laughs> That's two cups of coffee. It's two strong cups of coffee, yeah. Uh, uh, I think a cup of coffee. Oh, bye, Carrie. It's bye, like Carrie. about 100 milligrams of caffeine. Well, and it? I thought it was less than that, but I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a barista. That's- I think it's like a diet Coke is like 80 milligrams of caffeine. No. Coke Coke is 45? Really? Caffeine per... 44? Different ca- caffeine content in various coffees. Oh, I'm curious now. I know Arabica is es- less espresso. than Robusta. Espresso is 70 milligrams. Brewed coffee is 100 milligrams. Oh, gotcha. Oh, Ar- A- A- Arabica. Okay. Arabica is 70 milligrams. Robusta is 140 milligrams. Yep. Robusta, not super common, uh, but typically what you see like um, Thai iced coffee is made out of, which is why that stuff just wrecks in terms of caffeine content. Uh, it says – this this this, uh, this um, chart says cold brew varies but a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's just like that a lot. Yeah, I got cold brew in my fridge right now, and mm. I plan on moving to that after this. I'm just going to be wired today. It's going to be great. I do um, – in the morning, usually I do copper cow, like two pours of copper cow in a mm-hmm. latte, and then I do um, jot as an iced coffee. Um, and uh, on the weekends, I uh, more often do when I have time, uh, Nguyen uh, Vietnamese style Fin nice. filter kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. You should use Robusta beans for that. Uh, let's see. What do I have? Nguyen coffee. 
Robusta is not typically favored over Arabica because it's got a bit more of a bitter uh, tanniny thing going on. I use their True Grit. I think that's what I bought. And it says 25% stronger. So maybe um, they... It's Robusta. Okay. Pea Berry Robusta. Well, there you go. Good choice. Which is good because I have a gig coming up on April 6th. I oh. am playing guitar in a John Prine tribute show. And um, I have 19 John Prine songs to learn. Nice. Yeah, apparently most of the singers are bringing acoustic guitars. We're still trying to figure out which are and which aren't. So uh, today I'm just going to chart out all the songs. Um, I might go on live for that um, just because I think it would be fun. And uh, just kind of note which ones have stronger electric parts that I should learn sure. more verbatim. Um, yeah, it's just going to be about figuring out what songs I definitely need to learn the acoustic parts on, which which songs I have electric parts I can learn. I mean, when in and, doubt, you could do the, the worship guitar player thing, which is just swell chords in the background quietly with a lot of reverb. There are going to be some songs where I'm going to be doing that a little bit. Yeah. But it's, it's, it is country music, so... Probably going to bring the G&L with the B-Bender for funsies. Um, I'm going to bring an Acoustasonic. Oh. Ooh. Bold. Yes. I thought so. I'm going to bring an Acoustasonic. Do it. Which one are you going to bring? It's the real question. Um, I think the Jazzmaster American sounds better, but... Um, the, the charging thing on it always kind of concerns me a little. Sure. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. Probably that one. There you go. There I you go. I think the larger body just means it sounds better. But I've been playing the Telecaster mostly. They're fun. People who don't like them, that's fine. They don't know how to have fun. That's cool. Speaking of having fun, I am rolling out of town here in a couple hours. Oh, doing anything fun? I'm going to Bellingham for the night. Nice. Yeah, I got a buddy who's uh, who's on a business trip up there for the week and convinced his company to allow him to stay for the weekend and then pay for his flight back on Monday on company time oh. <laughs> so he could hang out. And so uh, I'm... Syncing up with him this evening, and I think the plan is mini golf and beers, and nice. well, maybe some hiking. And weather permitting, he he does a film production, and he's got a he's got a drone with a camera on it. So weather permitting, we're, we're going to play around with that. And we'll see what happens. You should go to Champlin Guitars. I was thinking about it because yeah, they're they're right um, down the street from where I wanted to get uh, breakfast in the morning. Is that yeah, Chamber I, Coffee? I know that guy. He's a really nice guy. Make some really cool guitars. Yeah, I know. I think they're also. Oh, were they moving shot locations? Uh, I'll look it up. If they're open, I'll I'll drop by. I just Googled this as they open at 11, but that doesn't mean anything. Sure. Uh, The website doesn't say anything, but. Yeah. Because I just wanted. I know he builds guitars, I just want to see one of them. Yeah, I remember I was down there a couple of years ago and I met him. Um, it'd be fun to stop by again. Yeah. 
Well, they posted a week ago that they are looking for somebody part time. Um, I don't see anything about them moving imminently, so I think he cool. might be good. Probably just think of something else. Maybe. Um, my friend Alex from Cumulus lives up there now. Fun, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I like Bellingham. It's nice. Yeah, and, and springtime should be fine. I, I'm, I hope. I know we're starting to get a lot of flowers down here. I'm hoping it's not that much colder up there, where it's not going to be all like all the tulips and stuff. Daffodils. Yeah, <clears throat> I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind because my allergies, good goodness, I am. Oh, I'm sure that's I not helping my my recurring sinus infection. I am in pain. I am suffering. I am in. I'm in it. <laughs> yep. <coughs> Bless you. Thank you. I'm doing great. I'm doing so great. Good. 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 So we were talking about prices of stuff, and I know that Tom also had questions. With prices increasing, have expectations of certain price brackets changed? Have the price brackets changed? Or is it just not really? I don't understand. Yeah, I'm pulling it up right now. I think it's like with Squires getting more expensive is kind of what he's saying. Uh, it, are people expecting more from them? Because I, you know, I saw a post uh, the other day of someone got a Squire and the string tree was obviously in the wrong spot. Like over a couple of like a centimeter or so. So it was tugging the string mm, a little yeah, too far. Yeah, they're like, would you send it back? Yeah. And I thought, I would probably fix it. If it, if it wasn't a matching, mean. if it was a matching head suck, I'd probably send it back. It was not. Then just redrill and call it a day. Redrill, fill, call it yep. a day. Uh, this person opted to send it back, uh, which is fine. Um, I think that is your prerogative if you sure. are getting a guitar like that. I don't that. think there's anything wrong with that. But I think when you're getting a squire, as someone else said in the comments, you know, well, you know, it's a squire. So, like, maybe your string tree will be in the right place next time. And uh, just so just for the viewers who maybe don't know, because I prefer to, you know, have good educational content. Um, the string tree is a, or string retainer is right there on the headstock and it helps with the tension of the strings. Yep. Um, or the break angle behind the the nut um so it there's <clears throat> so somebody said in the comments maybe the string retainer is going to be in the right spot maybe something else will be wrong next time it is um a cheaper guitar this did look like their tribute series so their 50th anniversary series nah, i would expect yeah i would expect a slightly more Slightly more attention to detail on that. Sure. I think it's fine to hold them accountable for bad QC. That probably shouldn't have made it out of the factory. So, yeah. At the same time, you know, there, like when I got my baritone, a lot of people complained about the um, output jack. And I agree that the output jack was indeed a little bit loose on mine. Apparently, it was looser on others. I replaced it. Um, 
ultimately. So it wasn't a huge deal for me. And I, and I don't feel like sending it back would have gotten me a better product. Sure. Um, so, you know, with Squires, I think you kind of get them and the expectation is a good base and that you upgrade like the hardware and the electronics, generally speaking. I don't I don't personally get a squire and expect to want to keep everything stock. And in fact, I rarely do. I think the only times I have kept everything stock on a squire were, were the contemporary series. And mm-hmm. um, full disclosure, I, I sold those relatively quickly, not because I didn't like them, but just because I needed room. Sure. Yeah. So here's here's my thought on that. So Squire, yes, we've always just kind of assumed Squire was going to be I me mean, as a Squire. Uh, I, I think that the QCs dropped a little bit more in recent years based on the number of times I'm seeing these things come up. But you all that dropped? aside, at one point, I mean, maybe it has, maybe it hasn't, maybe it's just perception. I, but the, the point that I'm getting know. to is how does Squire and its current price range compare to other offerings in the same price range? And so for 500, for 500 bucks, what could you get? Because mm-hmm. is Squire the best thing you could get? Or is there something else that is going to have better QC? You're not going to need to replace electronics in it. You're not going to have to fix a string tree and still be happy with. And so that be, starts to become a question of branding, kind of similar to what we were just rising on Gibson for. Uh, it, it is, is it turning into a – is the Squire branding becoming a thing? Or is this really just inflation? Everything surrounding it is just going up in price. And that's just the world we live in now where we're paying uh, 2003 made Mexico prices for a current squire. I mean. Yeah. <clears throat> things are just things are just getting more expensive in general. And I think that we were kind of a lot of people are saying now like, hey, remember when the pandemic started? Everybody bought guitars and we're like, oh, in a couple of years. Those will all be on the used marketplace because no one's going to be playing guitar. Like, I don't know if Fender Play and other educational resources are just doing a great job at like keeping people engaged with their hobby and instrument. I I do. I've seen some people cycle through some hobbies, but guitar is not one I've seen people cycle through as much. My experience with people who. uh, uh, so my experience, just completely anecdotal, and I'd be curious if there's any data on this, but people who came in to sell guitars at Guitar Center uh, who had given up on guitar, um, very rarely it was like, yeah, I bought this guitar three months ago, decided this hobby isn't for me. Like that just didn't happen. It was the, I bought this for my kid 10 years ago. Yeah. And they finally moved out and decided it was time to, to see what I could get for it. Yeah. That was so much more frequently what it was. That uh, makes sense. It's inconvenient. Hold on, hold on hope. You can hold. It's holding on for hope. It's also just the the reality for a lot of families uh, who can afford to buy the guitar in the first place for you know like a four hundred dollars Squire for their kid or for themselves. Selling it back for two hundred twenty five bucks isn't worth their time. Yeah, that's fair. And I don't. I don't know. Um, it takes a while to get rid of things. Yep. I think just like across the board, like I look at the things that I've 
accumulated elsewhere in my life. And I keep things way past when I should have gotten rid of them. I mean, shit, Rick and I have hired a professional organizer to just literally help us get rid of things. And it helps. It helps having a neutral party there who's not judgmental. And it's just like, because when it's one or when it's just the two of us, it's like, well, this is my thing. Are you going to get rid of a thing? It almost like it's not like a competition or like anything like that. But it's just like it feels more personal. But when there's a third party there, you're like, well, like your guard is down a little bit and you're like, I don't need these hats. I don't need this. I don't need that. And it, it feels less about that. Sure. So, but you know, like my parents didn't get rid of a lot of my like beginner guitars even until I left for college and kind of gave my approval to like get rid of them. Sure. And I think a lot of people who like give up guitars, not for them. Like they still want to keep the guitar around. Sure. It's, well, I think there's – I'm sure there's an element of like for people who bought it during the pandemic, there's a degree of trauma bonding of the this is my buddy that got me through some dark times kind of a thing. Even if they don't like still play it yeah. anymore, just keep it on the wall. Uh, I had a buddy who had a, a Gibson, uh, Gibson SG, couldn't hardly play guitar, but he kept it on his wall because it reminded him of some nostalgic times. Yeah. Um, it, it was comforting for him. And I felt bad as like the strings were clearly rusty. The thing needed help. Uh, the fretboard needed to be oiled. And it, I offered at one point in time, like, can I like help you get that back up and running? He's like, I mean, if you really wanted to, but I'm, it's not like I'm going to play it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's people like that out there. That, and that I think that's fine. Um, the other thing that I that thought that crossed my mind is uh, we get people who are finally ready to sell their guitar and they would bring it back in and say, I, I would like to sell this. And then we'll give them the quote back and say, well, it's going to be, you know, used value is already like at best 70% of what you paid now. And then of that 70%, we can only offer you 60% because we need a profit margin. So you're really only going to get half to less than half of what you originally paid for it. And at that point, they just sit there and do the calculus of, I'd rather just have it. It feels, yeah. whether it be the way that they value it for themselves or whether it be the way that they value how demoralizing it can feel to have that. I like, you know, it's the, you roll a, a car off the lot and it loses 40% of its value kind of yeah. used car mentality. Not anymore though. Not with used cars. Not with used cars. Nope. No. You buy that thing at Kelly blue book. You made money. <laughs> oh my God. Like I was, I I saw a video of a woman who she bought a car right before the pandemic and she took it in to get a quote, just to get a quote to see a a new car. And she, I think technically made $15, $15, two years later. Wild. Obviously, that's not accounting for interest payments and things like that. And it was just a quote. She didn't sell the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I've never heard of such a thing happening. Yep. That's uh, – it's ridiculous. And we, I was actually just talking to Melissa about this last night because I'm like, could we get away with one car and just sell the other one at ridiculous markup and then – you know, wait a few years for prices to come back down and would that be worth it? And because the problem is like, you, sure, you could sell a car for a profit right now, but you're not going to then you go buy a recognized car. 
You're not going to buy another car after that. They're providing better value. No, that's the thing. It's like selling a house right now in, in a lot of cities, including ours. Like, okay, cool. You can make like my neighbor is selling his house for 150 over what he asked. Sure. His townhouse. 150 over what he asked. And okay, so where do you go? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, contextualized making that money just means you're keeping up with what the market value is not that you've made 250 grand you buy a mountainside cabin in like the middle of idaho like cool don't don't threaten me with a good time that sounds like awesome honestly there are days where it's just like all i want on on this earth is to be left alone that's all i want yeah (laughs) and then there are days where i'm like I love people. Yep. And yeah, but you know, I, I, that's the thing. I I think that maybe I, I don't know if anyone's done like the inflation math over like if you bought a squire for this amount of money in 1995, then this is what it would cost right now. Like I, I literally don't know. Like sure. what did a squire cost in 1995? I don't know. I was six. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not sure it ultimately matters, though. Just contextualize it. It's the sort of thing where, I mean, it's just market value. And if it just matches inflation, it's not – unless it's a collector's yeah. item that goes way mm-hmm. above, then you've made money. Holding on to something for 15 years and saying, I made money. And it's like, well, no, that's just – you know, adjust for inflation. You just kept up. Wow. So. It's like my father-in-law looking at the uh, the value of his house and being like, wow, I bought this, this this house for – and then like a smaller number. And I'm like – but the thing is you can't, you can't sell this house for that estimate because you haven't done any um, remodeling. Like it still looks like the 70s. It still has wood paneling. There's still carpet in the bathrooms. The, the kitchen is still like pink and green. Like – you, you cannot sell this house for that amount of money, like the, what your neighbors are, because they've put money into it. Sure. And you I saved mean, a if, lot of money not doing renovations and not like um, doing stylistic changes. But on the flip side, you are going to get less money for it if you ever, if, if you ever decide to sell it, which is a big Right, if. because people are just going to, they're going to look at that and say, cool, this is a good base, but we're going to tear pretty much everything out and start over. And oh, it's going to, it's going to go to. It's going to go to flippers for a, a small amount of money or Rick's going to inherit it and rent it out to college students. That's, Which also isn't options. a terrible – like that's not terrible either. But No, not not bad. Um, as I, long that, as those, you, those are the options. Yep. But, um, you know. Hopefully it hasn't happened for a very long time. But, right. And then, oh, be, of course. and then it'll be back in style. There you go. Just waiting for it to come back in style. Wood paneling. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love the vintage aesthetic of the carpet in the bathrooms. Yep. That's terrifying. Worst thing I've ever seen in my life. So in terms of inflation for the guitar market, I I mean, everything's going up. I think that's a big part of it. Uh, It. It's just everything, everything period is going up. Now, root cause of that, I'm not an economist, 
uh, but I admit a little bit of pessimism if I'm comparing like record profits, but also record inflation. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's a salient point. Maybe I just sound really dumb. Uh, but mm-hmm. the, the fact of the matter is everything seems to be just skyrocketing and the dollar's not going as far as it did a year ago. And that's just the world we live in. I think we're going to be stuck in it for a little bit. So I mean, infl- I think inflation is going up pretty much worldwide as our costs. So I think that's something that Americans tend to keep forgetting a little bit is that like everybody's kind of going through it right now. Um, sure. So, it's also uh, an election year and there are certain people and companies who have interest in trying to make political figures look bad by raising prices on things artificially. But shh, I didn't tell you that. Don't trust anyone. You said it, not me, dude. Keep it secret. Keep it safe. Everyone thinks I'm the political one. Everyone thinks I'm the political one. What? No, I'm just I'm just here to 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 be fair and balanced. Oh my god. <laughs> Rick and I have been watching uh, American Crime Story uh, impeachment, the um, Bill Clinton trial thing. Hmm. Because we were we were both pretty young when that happened, but like old enough to kind of remember it. Uh, ooh, man, I do not like Linda Tripp. Do not like. Like I do not. <clears throat> yeah, there were some surprising people. I'm like, man, those people. These people are all still kind of famous. Damn. Ugh. Ugh. So many. George Conway's in it, Kellyanne Conway's husband, and mm. Ann Coulter. Ugh. Yeah. Matt Drudge. From the Drudge Report. Yeah. Gross. Brett Kavanaugh. Brett. Oh, what was it? It was the it was the Comedy Central like roast or whatever. Who was that oh. roast for? But when it was a roast of somebody. I remember oh, cool. Ann Coulter was arbitrarily invited just so they could all like roast her extra hard. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> it was like I don't remember no, who that was. was or why. I, oh, no, I just God. remember Pete Davidson went off um, on that. Oh, one. she's horrible. Yeah. Um, she's so mean. But the uh, no. I, anyways, it, so that's the world that we're living in. I don't think there's any point in complaining about it. it it's gonna go up. It's not guitar at the level of industry where guitar companies are at. No one in the guitar industry, for the most part, uh, is going like, hmm, inflation's going up and we can take advantage of that and just start cranking prices even though we don't need to. Well, maybe they need to. We don't know. They probably need to because everything just got more expensive. Cost of transportation just went up dramatically. Cost well, of it's imports. Like, it's like cost of, it, cost of imports. It's like a hundred times more expensive now. If not yeah. a thousand times more expensive now. Then you have boats like shipping containers sinking in the ocean. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so it, it's, it's terrible. It is not reasonable to think that anybody in the guitar industry is acting maliciously in their price points. Mm-mm. By and large, I can think By of maybe some examples where maybe I could speculate. It's not worth. We know it has been be- done before. We know it has been done before. Sure, but it, that's that's not the majority. 
Yeah. I mean, I, you know, there, there are, there are kind of sweet spots for like when you price your equipment, your gear, because like there are prices that you have to charge to be seen as like legitimate for like boutique guitars, boutique pedals, because if you charge under a certain amount, you're seen as cheap. So you have to charge over a certain amount. People just kind of assume that you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. So you you can't like... It's like, so I remember when Rick was like first getting like real jobs after he went to coding school, he's like, well, I'm going to ask for this. I want to ask for this amount of money because this is the amount of money I think that we need. I'm like, no, you need to ask for the amount of money that is fair for this job uh, because that's just how it works. So like if you build a guitar pedal and it costs you like $20 in parts and then you kind of do like... Like, okay, well, so it's $20 in parts. I'm going to just double that and say it's $40. That's not what the pedal should cost. It shouldn't cost $20 plus, like, double. Because you need to account for your time. You need to account for your research. And then you need to account for the fact that people expect guitar pedals to cost more than that. (laughs) Especially boutique ones. And I know it, like... You you want the guitar pedal to I, we as consumers want the guitar pedal to cost forty dollars. I know there are options that are forty dollars, but a hand assembled pedal should not should not it just should not. Um, and if you start charging that little, people will feel like it's not legitimate. It, it's just like there's this whole like psychological element of it as well. Is what I'm trying to say. Sure, that's just part of brand analysis. Yeah, uh, I mean that—that's part of the whole thing, but that's not malicious. And the no, point that no, I'm trying no. to make is, but malicious would be like if you have bought a pedal rebranded and on AliExpress and put your name on it, and then continue to upcharge more and more just because inflation's going up. Sure, I could see that. Mm-hmm. No one's ever done that. Um. Yeah. Anyways, um, I don't want to go too much longer on the show, but I do want to uh, bring up that uh, this feels like uh, the Christian version of like Burger Records. Okay, then we should probably issue a content warning. Content warning. So maybe uh, you could tell people what the content will contain so they uh, can tune out if they don't want to hear about it. Yep. And it'll be the... But the before end. we get into that, All right, please I, rate and review this podcast yep, yep. on iTunes. And shop our merch on com slash shop and uh, like, comment, subscribe below. Agreed to all of the above. So the content warning is sexual assault and uh, authority figures abusing their authority, I think is probably how I'd phrase that. Uh, So Brian Houston, who's uh, the leader of Hillsong, which is a global church organization that has been at the crux of CCM, which is Contemporary Christian Music for quite some time, uh, which is why it's relevant to the show. Uh, Very involved in the gear industry as an organization at a lot of levels. And so this guy being the head has driven a lot of that culture. And we all kind of know him for a while that he's problematic. There's literal charges brought against him out in Australia for uh, covering up his father's uh, child sex abuse allegations, um, which seemed pretty legitimate. 
um, going back to the 90s, it's kind of like, a, okay, Dad, uh, you're just going to quietly retire and I'll take over the church and just keep going to save the family name kind of a thing. Oh. But shocker, uh, that sort of thing passes down generationally in terms of if you can get away with it, what can you get away with? Uh, so he, uh, Hillsong just announced that he's stepping down and detailed a couple of incidents that have happened the last 10 years as, you know, like the, the Christianese moral failure all completely couched in the we believe in grace and redemption and all of that, um, which is only conveniently used. But uh, yeah, it, they're blaming uh, his use of anxiety medication combined with alcohol uh, beyond the prescribed level to explain for sexually harassing one woman over text, uh, which they also didn't say sexual harassment. They just said like indecent or what the, let me grab it. it they didn't never said that it was like, explicitly um, sexual harassment. Everyone can read between the lines pretty easily. Uh, and then the, the other one was that he, after a conference, he had become disoriented after taking more than the prescribed dose of an anti-anxiety prescription mixed with alcohol. This so is it, I'm assuming they're going to be talking about Valium as an anti-anxiety medication is my guess because I'm on – because normal, I don't, I don't think that they'd be talking about like Zoloft or Wellbutrin. Not likely. It says also under the influence of sleeping medication. So uh, Valium seems reasonable. Uh, upon what the quote is upon which he developed a dependence. Um. So so the first one is sexually harassing a, a staff member uh, who ended up resigning. And then asked for all of their money back that they had ever donated to the church and tithes and offerings of the church agreed to give it back, which is, I think, indicative of how damning uh, the evidence was. Um, and then the other incident was after a conference, I walked into someone's room and they don't go into a lot of detail about, um, let's see here. Where did it go? Where did it go? Second issue was 2019 following an in-depth investigation found that Pastor Brian became disoriented after a session of the Hillsong Conference following the consumption of anti-anxiety medication beyond the prescribed dose mixed with alcohol resulted in him knocking on the door of a hotel room that was not his, entering this room and spending time with the female occupant. That's all they say about it. Uh, but that's kind of – that's a nonsense <laughs> That's the he wasn't responsible for his actions, but we're also removing him. A lot of people take Valium. Also, if you take an anti-anxiety medication and Valium, you know you're not supposed to be drinking, right? At that point, like that is like literally, like kind of your fault. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. You're it's responsible a, for your actions, whether or not you're on Valium. He, I, I believe he was responsible for his actions. He should be held responsible as such. And the amount that it seems like he's being held responsible for currently seems drastically inadequate. Now, how does this matter for music? Uh, it, it matters for music in the sense that CCM is a deep part of the gear industry, whether we like it or not. And my encouragement to everybody is, uh, particularly folks who are involved in CCM, is just be aware of who it is that you're 
following, be aware of who it is that whose message that you're spreading, who's who you're giving li- your licensing fees to, all of that, and, and toss down the idols. And it, we just we don't agree that everybody just gets a, a clean. You can't just like, like all right, well he did this one thing and just like move on. Like it's it has an impact on people outside of yourself. So be aware, make make good choices surrounding that information. Uh, and maybe consider not giving them your money. Just a thought. Yeah, there are options. You don't have to give your money to organizations who have time and time again protected abusive men yep. or humans, abusive people. But let's let's be honest. Like nine times out of ten. Sure. Sorry. Uh, tale as old as as. A tale as old as religion, unfortunately. Yeah. And it, it's a tale that I think is worth uh, not participating in uh, yeah. at any level. So for it's all upsetting. of our church listeners out there, if you're if, if you're as concerned about this as I am, uh, maybe go have a conversation with your church leadership. And be like, hey, maybe we shouldn't be singing songs that were written by Hillsong anymore and giving them the licensing fees. We should be really concerned about this. Maybe we should be making a statement about this. Maybe we should like there, there are degrees of ways that this given that Brian has held it a very high pinnacle within that entire world that should be addressed at a lot of levels. What would you say to people who would say that not singing those songs doesn't make a difference and it would be performative because I'm sure people would make that argument. And I think they're just looking for a reason to feel justified in not addressing it or feel, having to face it. But yeah, it, I think it, that's fair. Uh, I, I think I, I think you can't read through the teachings of like just the rest of the Bible aside. Like just to, let's look at the core teachings of Jesus. You can't read through that and then say, "Yeah, like covering it for abuses, like chill." Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, that's. Yeah, I mean, I guess there are things that people say all the that's that's something people say all the time, you know, like oh, you can't, you know, almost like putting sanctions on on a church. <laughs> well, it only hurts like the the rest of the church. I'm like, does it really? To that, not that, sing their songs, and no, I mean, guess to not give them money, but like, what you're giving money to another church, like that's weird. Just don't you want to give? I mean, money at the end to of the day, church? he's filthy rich. He will continue to be filthy rich. Yeah, but. probably because like the this the money is probably most likely coming out of like I imagine insurance. Uh, I, I I imagine it's not personal money. Maybe uh, other things to consider for folks who are involved is uh, maybe don't go to Hillsong concerts because Hillsong has several bands that go on tours, just like other bands. Did they uh, so release an album lately? Or did probably. I imagine that? Uh, they're constantly uh, creating new music, releasing it, going on tour with it. Um, maybe don't go to those shows anymore if that's the, how their organization is built out. It's yeah. probably not worth supporting them. Because like what you have to remember is if that's how it is at the top, that does tend to flow down. And if Cult- that's the behavior that's accepted. Culture is almost invariably top down. Yeah. So if that's like what's accepted at the top, that's often how it is at other levels because it's just like Andrew said, top down. Yep. So uh, I don't want people I, – I think just like treating it with a little bit of healthy suspicion for a while 
and seeing what shakes out, seeing like what they do to, if anything, to make sure this doesn't happen again would be interesting, but it doesn't sound like they're doing anything. It seems like they're treating this as like an isolated thing and not a culture thing. They're treating it as two isolated incidents in the last 10 years. And they finally said, well, three years after the last one, they were finally ready to say something about it. Oh, something's about to burst. Probably. Yeah. The the second incident, the other one was given a date. The other one was set, just said 2019. That was three years ago. Somebody's about to say something. Somebody's about to drop a podcast or something. Like some something's about to happen. Probably, That's my guess. I mean, this is also you know like shortly after the wake of the, uh, oh my god, the Judah Smith, not Judah Smith. Um, Judah's the church home guy. Um, oh. Carl Lent, Lentz, uh, his whole falling out because he was. Uh, he married Brian's daughter, I think, and was very involved in Hillsong in America and ended up stepping down and getting cast out after. Oh, right. And so there's that whole Vanity Fair expose about uh, how awful the, the the culture of Hillsong is. And it's absolutely like from the top down. This article, the, Hillsong at the time was like, this is an isolated thing. <laughs> yeah, it seems real isolated. Yeah. Yeah. It seems actually – not isolated at all. No. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems more um, systemic uh, than anything. So yeah, I, I I would agree with Andrew's assessment. Um, and I'm not the person that I, I'm not the religious one. <laughs> you know, I'm not the I'm not the one who's normally thinking about this kind of thing. Um, yeah. So with that, I don't have a whole lot of emotional energy left because that's not fun to talk about, and I'm really not a fan. But did you see it, us on the Seymour Duncan blogs? They changed subjects. Yeah, I did. Me. Thanks, Seymour Duncan. Thanks, guys. Love we love y'all. Love y'all. Um, cool. Well, I'm gonna go pack and go get uh, ready for my my party weekend. And by party, I mean like I'm gonna have like a couple beers tonight and then go hiking nice. tomorrow. Getting real wild. I'm going to eat breakfast. All right. Well, uh, everybody out there, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for understanding. Until next time, my name is Emily. And my my name is Andrew. Goodbye. Bye.